Welcome to another edition of Hockey the Podcast. It's uh, great to have you on board and uh, with good reason. Uh, unfortunately, we've had to say goodbye to Tokyo 2020. And with that, the SA men's and women's hockey sides doing the country proudest, particularly uh, the men's team. Who can forget that famous, fabulous win over Germany? in Japan. In fact, I actually played hockey with uh, one of the stars of the show uh, a couple of days ago. What am I saying? Played hockey. I played uh, golf with one of the stars of the show a few days ago. If I played hockey, it would have been a a lot more one-sided, although to be fair, it was pretty one-sided as it is uh, in golf, although thankfully he wasn't my team. That was Rassi Peterson. Uh, But yeah, great to have them all back safe and sound in South Africa, those that reside here. But uh, yeah, congratulations to all the men and ladies for doing us proud. And a special congratulations to my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard, who, who flew the flag high for Raider Media and Hockey the Podcast because, uh, if you were aware, the last couple of weeks, uh, he was manning the fort pretty much alone. Uh, a daily podcast being produced by him and him only. Ty, well done and apologize, uh, apologies for... Uh, yeah, letting you, you fly the flag alone, but uh, you did a, an amazing job. Nah, Derek, uh, yeah, good good evening and, and welcome back. Um, I think uh, your voice has been sorely missed by, by the listeners, but uh, yeah, it was great. We had a, a great collection of of uh, hockey experts that uh, really just gave their time freely and spoke about the tournament and and yeah, some great stuff lined up for Hockey the Podcast in the, in the next 12 months. You know, uh, watch this space. There's going to be some really exciting stuff. And probably the biggest thanks we can actually make right now is to just say, you know, thank you very much to uh, each and every one of the listeners that have helped push Hockey the Podcast right up the Apple charts, right up onto people's phones, onto uh, people's uh, watch lists, onto recommendeds and we're getting there. You know, the sports of hockey is getting there. It's growing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, something that we're pretty, pretty pleased with, I, I guess. Pretty yep. pleased with completely. <laughs> no, there's there's no question. I, I certainly am. And, and it was amazing to watch its rapid rise up the charts over the last couple of weeks, particularly when it came to Tokyo 2020. And of course, that was all your doing and your wonderful guests. They did a sterling, sterling job. So congratulations on that front. But uh, yeah, we've had to say goodbye to the Olympics, unfortunately, as we, it's amazing. And you, you, you spend three, four, five, six, seven years uh, looking forward to an event, um, especially if you're an athlete. And then uh, come and go, it goes uh, in the space of two weeks and suddenly it's just back to normal. And uh, I, I suppose that's the wrong wording, given the fact that it's never really the norm nowadays, given COVID. But uh, yeah, we've got to look ahead and uh, a great guest on board tonight, Ty, with looking ahead to another big event. Yeah, look, uh, uh, as soon as one event passes, the next one almost arrives. And, you know, it, it's not going to get much better than this. It is the first time we are having a World Cup, a hockey World Cup on African soil. And it will be in Potsdam. It will be the under-21, the junior World Cup for women and it's happening in December this year. So after the highs of Tokyo, we have even better highs that we are going to host the uh, the, F- uh, the Junior World Cup for women's hockey here in South Africa. And there would be no better person to, to get 
to speak to 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 speak to us. Yes, I'm getting overly excited. Mm-hmm. I can't even speak right now. Then uh, the LOC chairman, Sheldon Rostron. Good evening, Sheldon, and welcome to the show. Hi, Tyron and uh, and Derek. And, uh, nice to join you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks new, for having new me. Toy there. <laughs> new toy there. New toy there. Sorry, I just couldn't resist. Just one more time, ladies and gentlemen, Sheldon Rostron. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the intro. It's great to have such a big studio audience here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sheldon, obviously uh, the official release was last week. We knew it was coming, um, but the Junior World Cup is coming to South Africa. The likes of Belgium, England, Germany, Netherlands, Russia, Spain, Zimbabwe, China, India, Japan, as well as the three teams from the Pan-American Championship and two from the Junior Oceania Cup that will still be decided. will be joining South Africa at your wonderful facilities at Potchefstroom. First and foremost, tell us a little bit about the tournament and the facilities that everyone can look forward to. Yeah, I think um, you've already mentioned, obviously, you know, the history being made. And I think uh, it's definitely a great opportunity for our, our junior women's uh, team to obviously participate on on home soil. And I think the intention was always to try and, uh, you know, get an opportunity to host this event, which would allow two African teams to essentially participate in this event, which is also, uh, you know, a, a big stride in African uh, footprint, you know, within within hockey. Um, and the event um, is, you know, really important in terms of the, the magnitude of, of the event that will be held in South Africa. And it's obviously, as you mentioned, 16 teams that will be participating in this event from, from five different continents. Um, and yeah, it will be um, played in four pools with four teams um, in a normal World Cup uh, format, and then obviously playing their pool matches, which leads into their their um, playoffs, and then into a semi-final and a final. Um, in terms of the facilities, yeah, we've been doing quite a lot of upgrades over the past few years, trying to really um, you know push the ambits and and become a facility which is uh, I want to ter- call it turnkey. Um, and, and really be able to, you know, host people uh, quickly and also to get our staff trained up to, to be able to, to, you know, be ready to host these types of events going forward and, and really being a solution for, for South African hockey um, and really trying to, you know, profile South African hockey um, and our facilities in, in South Africa to, to start becoming a prime destination for events. Sheldon, welcome to the show. And yeah, just to continue on that theme, I mean, Poch of Sturm is just absolutely world-class in terms of facilities. And, I mean, that's why a lot of international athletes uh, come and base themselves there. Uh, few distractions outside of uh, the sporting side of things, but wonderful place, wonderful area, wonderful climate. But, I mean, it really is the, the Stellenbosch of this part of the world uh, up in Gauteng. And when I say Stellenbosch, you're, you're talking about the high-performance center, etc., yeah, I, every time I visit Porchestrom, with regards to its sporting infrastructure, I, my mind's blown each and every time. Yeah, I think um, we're quite a hidden gem. I'd like to call it. Um, I, I say hidden, but as you've mentioned, a lot of a lot of international athletes come up our way. Um, but I think yeah, it's 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 a really good climate and environment for you know high performance sport. Um, there's a lot of focus that can can take place, you know, in in an environment which is inducive uh, or conducive for that. 
Um, and you, you mentioned the high performance center. You, you need to come visit us because we just uh, built a new one. <laughs> so, um, uh, bigger and better than last time. And, uh, yeah, something that we're really proud of. Uh, we actually start moving tomorrow. So pretty excited to start, uh, getting going with, with, uh, some new, new toys as, uh, Tyron has there. We will have some new toys in our, our facilities as well. And, really trying to make a difference in, in sport and, uh, you know, create opportunities for youth and, and really deliver good services going forward for, for, for all of the sporting, uh, you know, fraternity that's out there and, and making a difference. Sheldon, we, we've seen that uh, Northwest University has also become a host almost to, to the national team. Is, is that, as, as we saw the teams that they're holding camps there, is that part of this process of preparing for the Junior World Cup? putting yourselves through the the paces of a secure bio bubble, having the team there together, the facility. Would you say that's part of the preparation almost for, for the yeah, World Cup in December? I definitely think so. Um, you know, not that I want to say that we're testing it out on the guys, but but I think the main, main thing is making sure that we keep making learnings. Uh, we've had several events over the past two years and during COVID and, you know, it's it's obviously brought a lot of challenges within uh, the sporting world, um, and we've we've been able to successfully host you know a lot of events, international events. You know, even during this, uh, we had a lot of tennis events taking place. We've had uh, several you know different uh, matches and 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 you know different level matches taking place. Um, but also being able to to host uh, you know magnitude of teams and and trying to manage their systems. Uh, you know, we've we've been able to do really well um, and and been very successful at keeping low rates. And I think it's just because of the capabilities that we have in our staff, but also the facilities and uh, support uh, services and, and facilities. I mean, you know, we, we really try to look at um, covering our basis on, on all aspects um, regarding things like um, having a COVID center when there are um, infections and things like that. The university has a really good system and, and, and set up. So we're making use of that, um, you know, in terms of, protocol and processes we've we've put a lot of good things and learned a lot of good things over, over the past two years so we, we're quite confident in making sure you know that we can, we can run a safe event but also make sure that we can uh, we can provide good services uh, across the board to to international teams and i think we'd we'd like to start seeing ourselves as an, uh, a, a, a university or a space which could could definitely host international matches, but also host the national team and then start trying to provide services so that they can continue with the performances that they've done throughout Tokyo. So, so that I think is, is our intention going forward. And Sheldon, obviously you have experienced yourself uh, as a, a coach at these large events, at these premier events. How, how much of that experience have you brought along to the team in your LOC role? Yeah, you know, quite a lot. I mean, you know, different events that we've been to around the world, um, you know, unique unique events that, that I go back to is um, 2014 World Cup. Um, you know, it's a large a large amount of stuff that we've taken out of there that we think is, is really worthwhile uh, focusing on here, trying to create an event which is going to be different because of not having spectators, but, but you know, really trying to still engage um, on online platforms with, with people and and fans and people at home and you know support based systems that are are back home, and yeah, I mean World Cups 
Olympics, all of those things. We're stolen a little bit of ideas here and there and, and try to make it better. Even out of Tokyo, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have quite a lot of officials there and I've been in communication with quite a lot of them to get some details and understand what's going on on that side and uh, working really well with, with the FIH in, in, in building a lot of stuff. And, you know, uh, my, my intention is always if I could create an environment where coaching staff and management have less to do and can focus more on their teams. I think that that would be the ideal. And, um, you know, that's what we, we're trying to get right. And, and, and not only for this event, but hopefully for, for several others going forward and, and also for ho- hopefully hosting, you know, more national teams. Just on that subject, I know we have touched on it with regards to the COVID situation, but I can imagine from an organizational point of view, it, it must be an absolute nightmare to, to put these things in place. And, it's a it's a reality that two years ago, no one would have had to have envisaged. Yet nowadays, it's part and parcel of our everyday lives. And how how big a challenge has it been to ensure that that you you, you get the gig and on top of that maintain a strict COVID friendly adhering to protocols environment. Yeah, I think you know it's it's a continuous moving target. Um, you know, the the fact of the matter is when you're focusing on a local team and, and, and you know in your, your environment, it, it, it's easy. But as soon as you start focusing on 16 teams coming from five different continents and all of the travel arrangements and, uh, you know, the logistics of tests that need to take place with flights and all that type of stuff, then, then it starts becoming, uh, you know, a much larger task. But at the end of the day, um you know, it, it, it is important for us to create a safe environment for, for everybody that participates. But but I think the main thing also is just taking into consideration, you know, how the world has viewed South Africa. And, you know, when, when the second strain came out, you know, South Africa was at the top of the list of where it's come from and all that type of stuff. And there's, there's a lot of media related things. So, you know, you've, you've got to also in the back of your mind, think of how do you create an environment that people will accept and, 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 and feel safe in and, you know, change their minds uh, in a way that where they can look and go, okay, South Africa can do this and, and can actually, you know, produce. So it's, it's been a lot of a challenge, but again, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have a lot of events that have taken place dur- during these uh, two years still. And, and out of those has been a lot of learnings and, and, and it's, it's been great to see how the sporting community and, and just the community in general, have been able to share all these ideas and come up with ideas and, and trying to combat this. But, you know, I think it's, it still comes down to every human being um, part of the process and, and making sure that we respect each other's spaces. And I think those are really important things that we've learned over time. And um, I think it will just come down to making sure that, you know, the disciplines are sticking to those rules are, are good and, and that we can maintain a good and safe environment. And it was great to see how, how it was executed in Tokyo. And I believe, you know, infection rates were extremely low, um, you know, in, 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 that, in that environment. So I think it would be, it would be great to be able to, to do the same. Uh, so obviously uh, you've been in, in tournaments as a coach, but now you're there as the LOC, the tournament uh, organizer. How much would you interact with the coaches and the uh, liaisons from the different countries to, to try and cater for all their needs? Yeah, so we've only just started uh, recently with um, communicating with with the countries. Um, obviously, we'll start ramping that up now quite a lot. But I think 
as as time gets closer towards the event, we come more. And I think during the event, obviously, we're going to we try and keep open communication channels. Uh, make sure that obviously we can deal with with any um, you know nitty gritty things, and and make sure that we're on top of our game, and and really just try and make everybody feel feel good, um, but also make sure that um, yeah we pre- pre- create an environment which is 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 uh, positive for for everybody to to do the job that they need to do. So um, yeah, I think I think it's it's going to be vital, um, and I think it's also going to be to try and build relations so that we can try and get more events and and whether it be smaller or just you know test matches or whatever it is, try, try and maintain a a good process and, and uh, connectivity with these individuals so we can start building good programs for our national teams, you know, and those relations are critical in, in being able to attract teams to come to South Africa. And Sheldon, the, the other thing that is obviously going to happen, it's already been announced because you have to, is that there's going to be no spectators. Um, so obviously the, the tournament will be uh, streamed or televised depending what, what contracts are signed. Um, so there will be viewers, but how much of a, a disappointment is that for Northwest University that there can't be spectators at an event as big as this? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's definitely a bit of a thorn in the side, um, and I, I say that because um, you know Northwest has for many years hosted quite a lot of events, um, specifically in hockey. Um, our hockey community is extremely hungry for for some events and and being able to see top top class hockey, but I think that's also you know the same for the country and the the the, the greater uh, you know amount of provinces that would have uh, you know participated or come and watched um, during the these events and I think um, the main thing now is trying to figure out you know how do we still maintain traction with with these groups and and with the spectators and make sure that we still let them feel a part of this and. Uh, you know, broadcast is going to be critical, but I think social media is going to be extremely critical. And I think, you know, being able to to share a little bit of the lives of, of some of the juniors and what they're doing, um, you know, in, in a similar fashion and, and manner that that took place in in Tokyo. So, um, you know, it's it's just going to mean that we're going to have to be smarter about how do we um, maintain our, our our spectatorship and and trying to really uh, you know make this work, but. You know, we hope we hope that things maybe get better by then, and and maybe that there's other decisions that we can make. But you know, obviously, legislation and fears of extra waves, and you know, all these types of things. We've we just made a stance as an LOC to say, listen, let's let's just start off and just make sure that it's absolutely clear that our intention is going to be, um, you know, not to have spectators, and that that would you know buy, uh, I think, good good backing from the countries that would be here playing, not necessarily from a spectator perspective, but just from a safety perspective. And, you know, from there, we can always see if things go better, we can always adjust. So we've had to have, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, uh, G plan, but um, we, we're ready to make decisions at any moment. Um, but but we just wanted to start from a certain basis and know where we are. And, and, and from that, then we can make calculated decisions going forward. And of course, Sheldon, an event of this nature can't be possible without money and money can't be possible without sponsors. I'm sure that uh, you've had various come on board and and would no doubt welcome a few more if the chance were to open up. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we are busy starting to move uh, towards a point now where we're closing uh, some deals with, with companies. And I think we're very fortunate to have quite a few companies come on board with us. Uh, there's, there's still quite a lot of opportunity still available. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, definitely looking at, at, at a few options, I think things are extremely attractive, you know, from a broadcast perspective and, you know, social media platforms and, and the reach that one can get, um, also to, uh, simple things like being able to leverage normal traditional marketing aspects. Um, but I think, you know, the most important thing is, is supporting something that's African, supporting something that's South African. And I think, you know, supporting women in sport is really an element which I think is critical and important. And, um, you know, hopefully by doing this properly and 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 getting um, a good event up and going and making sure that we obviously provide what the sponsors are looking for, um, you know, I think it will it will hopefully become something of a normal for for hockey going forward. I think it's really important that we, um, you know, build the trust with with sponsors and that we continue, you know, building good relations going forward and and really start backing our teams. Um, you know, we saw how the men did in Tokyo and how the women did in Tokyo. And I think, you know, more and more backing and more and more opportunities that we can create for these guys, we're going to definitely start seeing how they, they leverage those opportunities into into climbing rankings and hopefully, you know, someday becoming a, a prospective uh, medal, medal team. So I think uh, we, we need to start making, making a hard drive now in, in backing these teams and, and really trying to, uh, you know, leverage what, what was done in Tokyo. So one of the things that has happened as a result of COVID is that South Africa obviously had already qualified as hosts, but we still had to go to the African Cup. The African Cup then got cancelled and uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe go. How much of an impact does that make on our South African teams, in your opinion, uh, the fact that they never got the opportunity to do uh, any preparation? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a hard one. you know, we, we might consider ourselves as being the only out there with that type of situation, but I think we might be seeing maybe two more take place. Um, and I think the, the reality is, is all teams have had to think outside of the box in terms of preparations. I think, you know, European countries have, have been fortunate in being able to create an environment which which allows them to travel and to compete and, and to prepare well. Um whilst other countries, you know, even ranked higher than us are in the same boat and, and trying to deal with it. And I think there's still some opportunities for the teams to be able to prepare well. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, important over the next four months what they put in um, to, to get out. But I, I do think it is, it is something which um, – is essentially something that will be ticking on the on the brands of the of the the coaching staff, um, and I think you know it, it it's I want to say it's a it's a it's a bittersweet pull. I think for us we we're happy because we've qualified, but I, I do agree we would have, would have liked to have competed. And I think you know I always feel kind of bad for the teams that maybe didn't make it. Um, you know they might have prepared really well up until this point and. And now sit in a situation where where they couldn't have an opportunity to qualify. But you know, it's again one of those things which we we have to accept and understand. And at some stage, we've got to make a call and start getting teams ready. I mean, you know, as a LOC uh, member, you know, when they when they told me, listen, we might have teams only qualifying end of August. Um, you know, my mind was going like, how do I communicate with these guys? How do I? get things going you know I've got two months basically just before I need to finalize stuff and payments have to happen and all these types of things 
and and that's that's when it starts getting challenging. And you know, I think the FIH was very smart in terms of you know trying to put a rule in place which would allow them to plan and and countries to plan to start working out finances and all those types of things. So. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's it's a hard call, but I think an important call that needed to be made, and and hopefully, you know, teams can respect it, and and yeah, there's there's always more events in the future, and and I think now uh, to shift focus for some of those teams to to look, uh, you know, onwards and and what else uh, they can do going forward. But uh, from our side, yeah, I think we we would have liked more preparation and more opportunity to play. But I think there's still some some local choices that they can make, which which I think will give them good preparation. And um, yeah, it's good. it's going to be up to the teams to, to really put put some uh, some hard graft in. And I know I know they have been busy with it. And and hopefully uh, over the next few months, uh, you know, leading up to the event, they they'll uh, make sure that they they're tightening up the screws and and getting ready. You take and, the and, oh. yeah, go for, go for it, eh? Uh, I was going to say, Sheldon, you take the baton over from. Santiago, a beautiful city over in Chile, and uh, one that I've been to and thoroughly enjoyed. Have you been in much contact with them or the organisers at all with regards to how they put it together and the challenges that they faced? Um, not, not really. Um, I think there's two parts to it. One is obviously we would like to put our spin on it, um, but I think you know COVID has just blown it out of the water, really, in terms of you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can call it the, the normal environment. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think what, what we've been fortunate with is obviously the FIH sits with a wealth of knowledge, um, you know, of all events and, and have obviously run successfully a pro league during COVID, um, which I think is probably where we've made our largest learning from. And, you know, everything's about trying to get these under 21 players, you know, on a level that they'll be able to compete, you know, going forward in, in, in the future. And I think, you know, we've just really tried to say, let's let's take the best of what has been learned out of the past two years and, and let's go with that. And and obviously, I think, you know, FIH has got a really, I mean, well, I don't think, I know that FIH has got a really well-written policies and procedures and processes and, and, and of the best that I've seen, um, you know, regarding different sporting codes that I've worked with and, and worked in and, and seen their documentation. And I think it's really just, you know, like a plug and play, just make sure that the checklist is there and that uh, the quality is there and they, they're really good with their quality management and we, we meet weekly, if not every day almost, we, we are in communication around certain elements and making sure that, uh, that, that everything will be on track. Sheldon, I've, I've been to Poch a few times for hockey tours. Um, I can tell you I remember the hockey very well. I don't remember everything that happened in the evenings as well. So uh, for the benefit of all people who are listening, um, you know, what, what else is there? Or, or obviously bearing in mind COVID and bio bubbles and stuff, but what's the, the, the top places in Poch that the teams would love to go to go and see and go visit and uh, go and enjoy? Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things which during the event there might not be time for. And obviously, you know, rules won't necessarily allow for it. But I think, you know, because it's in December and and will be holidays directly afterwards, I think, you know, a lot of the teams hopefully will stay for a few days and, you know, soak up the sun. I think the first thing, <laughs> our sun is a belter. So I think we're going to be, uh, we're going to have to make sure that there's a lot more shade and a lot more water at this event. Um 
but I think, um, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of attractions. I think, you know, we've got uh, the Vol River, which is very close by with a lot of beautiful places around there. Um, nice breakaways um, in terms of, you know, a lot of different things from, from canoeing to, um, you know, rock climbing, uh, shooting arrow, uh, do, doing archery and stuff like that. Um, but I think, you know, we'd hopefully like to see some of the teams hopefully break away to the Pilansburg in Northwest, which I think is, you know, one of the most beautiful attractions that we have with, with Sun City right next to it. Um, although it's not in our province, I think, you know, being able to break away also and go have a look at the caves of Murraping and, and uh, uh, Staffontaine. Um, I think those those are, are are really important things. But there's there's uh, definitely some game lodges and, and stuff that we've been speaking to, trying to see if we can create a, a unique opportunity for the teams to break away on a rest day, um, in a safe safe environment. Obviously, using the buses and, and making sure that staff is is um, you know equipped and, and and ready to be able to handle it. Um, and they, those are luckily, you know, just right here. So, so hopefully they can get to see a bit of wildlife still. And, and that's normally the number one thing that's on everybody's list. And uh, we're very fortunate to have a game farm around here, which is, is, is very willing to help us. It's actually an ex-hockey um, player's uh, husband, which is very nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, they've been opened up their doors and said, listen, come in and uh, let us let us help you with this. So, yeah, I think there's there's many things for them to see. We've we've uh, given them a long list, and and hopefully they can tick off one or two of those. And um, yeah, I mean we've we've even tried to be creative with just a bus trip from the airport to here, and and really make it really easy for them. You know, so get to see and understand the environment, um, get to know uh, what's how the tournament's going to work, and all that type of stuff. But also highlight some of the attractions and, and see if we can tick some of those off for them. And uh, yeah, Sheldon, I mean, we, we can't wait to see this happen. Is there another tournament that's, uh, that's on the bucket list that you'd love to uh, host? So our, our intention always was to try and host a Senior World Cup. Um, and I think this is a step in the right direction and, and, and building trust and relations um, and also obviously facilities around our facility to be able to to accommodate those numbers. And I think that's one that we would definitely like to tick off the bucket list. But I think there's maybe some other smaller things in between that we can still tick off and, and hopefully add and contribute towards teams uh, in South Africa. Um, so I can't speak too much about it, but but hopefully hopefully something comes up soon that, uh, that we can help host as well. And uh, yeah, just to, to wrap up, Sheldon, uh, I know we spoke about sponsors earlier, but uh, if there are any companies out there that are still keen to jump on board, is the opportunity still there? And if so, what do they need to do to, to make it happen? Yeah, so um, there, there definitely is opportunity uh, still for sponsors to get on board. Um, we have a tiered system which allows them to come in at what they might feel comfortable at. Um, with that, obviously, there's certain rights that they are given in the event. Uh, we share rights with FIH, um, which is important, um, as they also have sponsors to make this event possible. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, the, the most important thing is that any help helps, eh? and uh, it helps us to tick off um, you know, items off our, our large <laughs> budget that we need to, to focus on. Um, and obviously to make it feel homely. Eh? So, you, you know, companies can definitely 
make an impact in making these teams feel welcome and, and, and international people feel welcome again in South Africa. So I think that's, that's something that's really important. Um, and we're fortunate to have Data Borsman, which is working with us, uh, you know, well-known within the sporting fraternity. Um, so uh, I know he's really well-known around the corporate world and they can get in contact with Data um, or they can get in, in contact with myself. Um, you know, my cell phone number is 0827267440 or uh, they can email me just on uh, sheldon.rostron at gmail.com. And uh, from there, we can we can set them up with data and, and ourselves and, and see if we can work something out for them. Lovely. Sheldon, it's been so good having you on board. Congratulations on putting this together. That's the 2021 Women's FIH Hockey Junior World Cup taking place in Porchestrum from the 5th to the 16th of December. Certainly can't wait. Uh, University of Northwest uh, will welcome everyone with open arms. And despite the surge of the pandemic, uh, it will be happening. And uh, you heard from the man himself. If you are keen to put your name alongside this uh, amazing event, do so. Sheldon is uh, waiting to hear from you. Sheldon, uh, congrats on uh, what promises to be a, a great event. Well, thank you guys so much and, and really appreciate your support. And I think... You know, we, we look forward to working with you guys and, and really pushing the ambit here with this event and, and anybody else that wants to get involved. So, so thank you again for the opportunity and, and thanks for the support. Yeah, thanks, Sheldon. Uh, we'll be we'll be chatting very soon, no worries. Uh, good luck. And uh, yeah, good luck to the teams playing in the Pan-American qualifier, which starts on Monday next week to decide those spots. Um, we've almost got our 16 decided. Let's see who will be joining and we'll see you on the next Okay, the podcast. Adios. Okay.